Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer, as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Welcome back friends to another episode of the Freelancer to CEO podcast. You are going to love today's episode because it is an interview and we are talking about something that I know a lot of people struggle with. They aren't super sure about it. So I had to bring in the best of the best to talk all about taxes and your business expenses and planning your money. And I am bringing on my very good friend, Stacy, who I met last year in a mastermind. And she knows what she is talking about when it comes to this. And we are going to learn so much. I know that I learned even more from this episode. She taught me a few things. So get your pen and paper ready for this episode because we're going to be talking about money, taxes, how to prep and plan and how to have a financially sound year. We're even going to throw in a little bit of money mindset. So you are going to love this episode. I will introduce you to Stacy and then we will dive into today's episode. So Stacy stepped away from her corporate career as a financial analyst at Kendall Jackson Winery to be at home with her children, both under the age of 13 months. She and her husband started what would become a multi-seven-figure technology construction company in the San Francisco Bay Area. For the last 18 years, while raising their three beautiful kiddos, Stacy brought her financial and leadership skills to the women-owned family business to grow and scale it to what it is today. Stacy loves family game nights, travel, food, gathering with friends, and golf with her husband. Building a business is not an easy ride, and there have been tremendous ups and downs in her journey. But Stacy is here to share with us the power of planning for the money side of our business venture so that we can create a strong foundation and have a plan for success as we step into our new roles, the roles of freelancers to CEOs. You guys are going to love this episode, and I can't wait for you to meet Stacy. Let's go ahead and dive on in. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. All right, Stacey, I'm so excited to have you on the Freelancer to CEO podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Aubrey. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with you about money yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a really, really great conversation. Before we press record, I was talking about how I'm kind of going to be a student in this interview and just learn from you. Um, I've been doing this for a few years and I, I feel like I have a, a pretty good grasp on money and prepping for taxes and all that stuff, but I know that I can learn more. So before we get into all that stuff, which is I, I know is going to be a really great conversation, I would love for you just to kind of tell us who you are and what you do in your business journey. I, we would love to hear kind of the behind the scenes. Awesome. Thank you. Well, 
I'm older than most of everyone here on the online space. I just celebrated my birthday and I am now 47, which sounds completely old to all the 30 year olds here in the audience, but um, you never stop feeling 28. I'll just say that. I stepped into the online journey here in January because after being a business owner for and a, a women-owned business in construction, um, I felt the call to continue doing leadership and helping women in business so that they can step their best foot forward. A lot of people struggle with money mindset and not pushing themselves through a business situation because of fear of money and not understanding financial statements or just the concept of how the numbers work in your business. And a lot of my friends I've seen over the years too, find themselves just, you know, with a lack of financial confidence. And if they've become widows or divorced or single parents and, you know, they just freeze. And I've always just wanted to hold their hand and just walk them through and say, it's not that hard. You can do this together. And once you learn some concepts and tips and tricks and strategies um, and repeat those over and over and over, everything becomes really easy. And your capacity to grow as a, a woman, as a business owner, it's just, it's an amazing um, scenario that I've hoped to help a lot of people in, in this world, especially now during COVID. It's so scary. If you could just lose your income really quickly, and if you don't have some, you know, savings put aside or planned, it, it's tremendously overwhelming. I've been there. I've struggled through being on the highs and lows of business, and um, I've learned a lot. So I just want to be out here and teach women um, that we can really set our own dreams and goals and go after them and achieve them and bring all that wealth into our families. Um, I'm rambling, but that's, I'm just passionate about it. So, so to start out, if you have a business here, all your girls are stepping out into freelancing and um, you really first want to talk about how you want to set up your business as far as a legal structure. Do you continue to stay as a sole proprietor, which is just you yourself, and you turn in your income um, at, at your 1040? Or do you put a little protection and structure around yourself and your business and become an LLC, which is a limited liability company? It's just the way you register with your state. Um, regardless, you'd want to go and tell the federal government you're doing business and getting an employer identification tax number, an EIN. Um, either way, you're gonna have to report your income with the IRS. But as a limited liability company, I do encourage people, if, if this is, you know, you're in it two, three, four months and you really see yourself moving forward with this, you should register with the state as an LLC so that you have protection around your personal assets. And a lot of us think, well, you know, I'm really not going to make that much. I don't own a home. I don't have a lot of assets. But the thing is, if something were to go awry and it didn't go your way and some sort of penalty was opposed, like you were sued and a penalty was given to you, it's not that you didn't have anything to give at the time. You will have a lien against any future assets. So as a limited liability company, you're protected as the individual against anything like that going forward. So I know we all think no bad thing will happen like that, but even if you got in trouble with the IRS at some level, they could lean per, you know, your future income 
and you're a little bit more protected if you had legitimacy around your business. So I encourage everyone to do that. As far as um, thinking huge and wanting to be an S-Corp, you would probably want to wait until you're making sixty to $80,000 a year before you talk with your accountant and ask if you should be registered as an S-Corp going forward. Now, what's the difference between the LLC and the S-Corp? Because this is, this is I've, I've heard S-Corp before, but I, I just assume like from sole proprietor, you go to LLC. So I didn't really know that there was a, another yeah, level. I, <laughs> no, I think you should stay at LLC and LLC is really the registration at the state level. And then once you reach a certain income, you actually have more tax benefits going to the next level, which is an S-Corp. And um, it all in the end comes back to you report your income on your 1040. It all comes down to that. But the S-Corp then becomes even further its own entity, separate from you. You have even further more protection, but you really, and, and then there's tax advantages. You should really work with your tax accountant to ask when that would be an appropriate amount, the appropriate time to do that. But it's when you're hitting over 80,000, 100,000 in net income. And as that's how much you brought home at the end of the day for the year. Okay. Yeah. Um, I hope that your groups become blessed with that kind of income <laughs> in the end, but um, I don't think anyone starting out should worry about that at this, at this time. So what I'm saying is don't jump into an S-Corp right away. You don't need to. Right. So starting out, is it a good, because that's the kind of how I, I guide people. And I obviously say like, I am no, I'm no specialist when it comes to this, but I know that those are usually the two routes that, that people take when they're first getting their business up and running. Like you should at least, you know, keep things separate as far as, you know, your business and your personal, but definitely do the sole proprietorship. But some people will jump right into the LLC. I think it really, if you're really confident that you're going to do this more than three months, then yes, you should do an LLC. And, and we're going to plan for the um, state tax. So like here in California, it costs $800 a year to be an LLC. So you have to plan for that. And sometimes that $800 when you're initially starting out feels like a lot of money. So you, you say, oh, I don't want to invest in myself that $800. But you kind of want to. You kind of want to get out there put yourself out there that you're worth that $800 plus more and plan for it. It's not due till the end of the year um, as the tax. And so I say, jump in, you know, you're three months in, you love what you're doing, go and register with the state as an LLC. It protects you far more than it does um, just being a sole proprietor. And you have a lot more like energy around it and you have a lot more pride around it because you're a legitimate business. Mm -hmm. Not that you aren't as a sole proprietor, but just having this registered name with the state and you're moving forward, it just gives you a lot more like energy behind your, your presence. So um, now before we move on to a couple other things, um, just to kind of wrap up this piece of it, if someone is in the place where they're like, okay, I, I, I do want to seem more legitimate and I, you know, I am loving what I'm doing. I want to take that next step to the LLC. I know that it's going to vary from state to state, but do you have like any, anything where people can go to kind of get started? Do they have to go through a lawyer? Can they do stuff online? Like, what does that process look like? You can do it all online. You don't need a lawyer at all. 
It's literally going to your Secretary of State's website and follow their prompts. It's a little interview application. Um, and you also, if you haven't done so at this time, you also want to get your fictitious names picked out. And that's usually with your county. And then you would have to publish that. So it's probably overall to get going about $150 investment to process the paperwork and get your fictitious name statement, which could, you know, just be your name. And um, it's worth it though, because you are now legitimate in the eyes of the government, separate from your business. Your business is on its own and running and you have some legal protection and it's just a safe way to move forward with your, with your business. And again, like I said, it just gives you a lot of confidence that this is a, a real legitimate thing. It also becomes really scary. And so that's why I'm stepping in here and saying, you can do it and we're gonna teach you all the little do's and don'ts with the number side of your business um, because everyone deserves to be successful in their endeavors. You know, talking about like this, the scary piece of it. And like you were talking about investing, like thinking about making that investment, but you know, it's kind of proving, like you said, proving to yourself that you are worth it. And sometimes you have like, you have to make, take that next step, whether that's investing in something like an LLC or investing in a course, or you and I met in a mastermind. So taking those things to kind of show yourself, like I am worth it to make this investment. And I know we're going to get into this with business expenses too, and how things can be you know, write-offs and everything like that. But I really like how you brought that up. Like it is a scary thing to take that next step, but it kind of is that rite of passage to be like, this is what I'm trying to pursue. It's not just something that's going to be here. And that's what a lot of my listeners are. They're ready to take that, that step into the CEO role. And a big part of that is not just the services and the systems and all that stuff. It's the money piece of it too. So I'm really excited that that you're here and we can kind of pull back the curtain on this and, and talk about money because it's sometimes a taboo topic, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, it's such an emotional trigger word. Um, I, and it's paralyzing. I mean, you, you, so many times I've been like, I have this check. What do I do with it first? <laughs> or I don't want to, I don't want to spend the money. It's so nice to actually have some money in my bank account. Um, but you know, I really have learned that money is a tool. And when I take, try to take the emotions out of it and, and remove my attachment to this money, allow it to move freely and be like open to money is going to flow through me. It's going to come and it's going to go. It's going to grow. Um, I take the emotion out of it and just using it as a tool, it becomes like a wrench or um, the air blower when you want to move the leaves or the snow blower when you want to move the snow, like it becomes this energy that multiplies and does the things that you ask it to do. So you give it your money a job and it does the work for you. And it just, it just is cool because once you become really confident in yourself and know that your money is going to work for you, it, the universe, God tells, you know, it, you show that you can be responsible and he gives you more to do with, and you have more to make an impact with, whether that's at home, paying off debt, taking your family on vacation, getting that retirement savings started, all of the things. Um, money is just a tool to help you become more of who you are. It's really not gonna change who you are, it's just gonna help you make you become more of who you are. So 
if you're kind of a jerk and you're a jerk with money, you're going to be a bigger jerk. But if you're a sweet, loving, beautiful woman who I know most, you know, all of your ladies here are just really trying to do for themselves and their families, it's just going to make you that much more beautiful and that much more impact in your life through your skills and knowledge and love for your family. I agree with that 1000%. I mean, we don't love to, you know, talk about money. It's, it's especially, I think as women too, but I think it's an important thing. And obviously like the way that I think of it too, like I don't need all the money in the world, but I think about what could that money not only do for my family, but also like the ripple effect to be able to like help other people and, and how that's going to, you know, flow into just so many different things. So I, I like to think of it that way, because then it, like you said, it takes the emotion side out of it. Um, and it doesn't become this thing that's icky or that, you know, I, and I think about that too, with, with my women, they, obviously they have to, there's an, it has to be some exchange of dollars, which is hard yeah. for people to, to think about, to ask for, but it's like, you are providing a service, you're providing value like that. It does have a monetary value on it. Um, Absolutely. And if you're not charging for your services and your knowledge and your care, um, you're going to get taken, first of all, you'll get taken advantage of. And then secondly, why are you, you know, really you'll have to say, why are you really in this if you're not in it for impact, lasting impact? Like you can create a service and help somebody and it has that impact for the moment. It's also helping them grow, right? The exchange is pay me for that and pay me well so that I can create impact on my side too, so that I can stay in this position and grow and help more people. So it's an ever increasing like solar flare. Like it just gets mm -hmm. bigger and bigger and bigger. It's a cycle, but it, it grows and grows and grows. All right. So let's kind of talk about um, as far as like the money side of it, what should that look like for a freelancer? I know like when people are getting started out, they're thinking, okay, I'm not going to get a paycheck anymore. I'm not having taxes come out of that paycheck. So it's kind of, it's overwhelming to, to track that money when, when they've never had to do that before. So can we kind of talk about some money basics as far as that goes? What, what do we need to track? What do we need to um, have when it comes time for tax season and just prepping for the years that we know our numbers? Yeah. So the, the first thing and the easiest thing to do to help you all year round is to separate your personal money spending or earnings from your business spending and earnings. So open up a business checking account and open up a business savings account right off the bat and try to find it through your local credit union or an online bank even that's not going to charge you any fees. So um, that way you're not losing money right out the door, but separate. And if you are if you do use a credit card, I don't promote using credit cards. I think that's tricky. Um, but if you did use a credit card, have one credit card that's in your name solely just for business related stuff. And um, that way it's always separate. If you never find yourself doing another bookkeeping thing again, but you have all of your money coming in and out of these accounts, it's going to be very easy at the end of the year to go through those bank statements and credit card statements and figure out what you had done. It's not what I recommend because I think that's overwhelming to wait till the very end. But if that's the only thing that you do, that's the first thing you, you do. Separate your money. 
the other, the next thing would be to create a bookkeeping system. So you can easily find one like QuickBooks online. It's less than $10 a month. And having a system, a tracking method is super important. So you tie these bank accounts and credit card accounts to your, your bookkeeping system. And so the activity can be downloaded every week. So it just comes into the system. You account for, okay, this money came from this client. I paid out for these services for myself, like subscriptions and office supplies. And that just takes a few minutes every week. If you set up a time to be consistent um, with your bookkeeping, like I always like to do it on Tuesdays because Tuesdays tracks everything that happened over the weekend. And then it's just downloaded, it's set, and you have an idea of what you're gonna do for the rest of the week or where your money is for the rest of the week. So the first thing to do is to pick a tracking method like QuickBooks. You could hire if money, if you don't wanna deal with this stuff and there's too much going on in your life, you can hire a bookkeeper. Um, I think it might be overkill at first, but if you have a lot of stuff happening, you can hire a bookkeeper. The thing with that is you still need to own your own bookkeeping system. So you still would want to get your own QuickBooks or Wave or Xero. There's lots of different accounting softwares out there. The thing inside the QuickBooks or any kind of system that you have, even if you did it on Excel, is you need to understand the categories that your money's flowing in. So I would suggest setting up your clients as their own category. So when you get money coming in, you know that that's VA, revenue from client one, client two, client three. So you have different revenue streams coming in, you set up clients. And then on the spending side, you wanna categorize the spending inside of things like, well, they're called tax deductible expense expenses. So office supplies, um, subscriptions that you use, internet, all the, all the things, your office expenses. Also categorize the things that it took to build the service. So if you needed to go and you put together a workbook, then it would be, you know, printing expenses would be more like against a certain client's project, right? So you want to track where you're spending your money and why you're spending your money. The other thing to really pay attention to is keep all of your receipts. So even the electronic receipts that you have, I suggest getting like a little file box and keep all your receipts in there. And I just do it by quarter. So like quarter one, I shove all the paper receipts into a folder that's called quarter one, quarter two, quarter three. You can be more sophisticated and do it by client. Like these costs and receipts go into this client's folder. Or you could track it by um, the vendor itself. I think that gets a little too tedious, but because the IRS is asking you to keep receipts, I just stick it in one thing that says quarter one, I've made a note on the receipt, what it was for, especially if it's some, a receipt that you were at Target and half the receipt was personal spending and half the receipt was for your clients for whatever reason or your business, you wanna highlight what that was for and who it was for and just save it. Um, you never know when you're gonna get audited, especially when you become really successful and your income goes up. A lot of red flags go up with the IRS and you could get audited and they're gonna first ask you where's your receipts. So 
pain in the butt to keep them, but we just need to do that. I'm just sitting here and I'm like, okay, Harvey, like you, you thought you had it together, but maybe you need to get it a little bit more together. It feels like a lot, but it's one of those things where it kind of gets put on the back burner. Like we, I know even what, what I teach in my, in my courses, it's like the teaching the service and your systems and your marketing and all that stuff. And like all that stuff's like kind of exciting. And when it comes to money and bookkeeping and numbers, like I'm not a numbers person. So that stuff to me is not as exciting, but I think it, it's not sexy at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not the lingerie of the business, right? It's not sexy at all. But if you just have small little habits that you built in, it becomes super easy. It's just second thought. It's like, you know, making a tuna fish sandwich, you know how to do that or riding on a bike. When you, you know, shove all those receipts or print them out, shove them in your, your purse. When you come home on Tuesdays, it's just a habit. You spend 20 minutes dealing with your money. You pull out those receipts, you write notes, you stick it in a box. And that's as easy as it needs to be. It doesn't have to be super complicated. On the account, on the QuickBooks side, it really is a lot easier than it sounds. It have you can get it done in 20 minutes as well. So you want to have an electronic traction tracking system, and you want to have you know your paper backup in case anything were to happen. So when it comes time for tax season, because I know this episode we're we're gonna get this episode out so that it, people can kind of hear it and prep for it. When it comes time for tax season, we're going to get our taxes done. Maybe it's gonna be a little bit more virtual this year. You're not gonna actually might not be going into you know an, an office to sit down with your tax person. What are some main things that we would need to bring with us or have? to hand over as opposed to like our, you know, our pay stubs or the things that our employer would send us. What kind of things do we need on the freelancing side of it to be prepared for tax season? So to help yourself out, right when you get a new client, if you know that you're going to earn more than $600 with this person, ask them or send them your W-9, which is giving them your tax ID number, your address, and showing that you're either a sole proprietor or LLC. When you're those two types of entities, they should be sending you a 1099 at the end of the year. So today is the 25th. On the 31st, everyone is supposed to have mailed out 1099s to the people that they employed and paid over $600. Now, it gets a little bit more complicated because if they paid you by credit card, they don't need to provide you with a 1099 or PayPal. Those services provide documentation. And I'm not, I've, I haven't been paid that way before um, in my new business as the small business BFF. So I don't know what that looks like, that report. So ask me next year, because I'm <laughs> sure I'll get that. But as a sole proprietor, and an LLC, you should be receiving a 1099. Now, what if you don't ever receive one? You should know that so-and-so paid you more than $600 and you would make sure that you're reporting that income to the IRS. Whether or not you received a 1099, it's really important that you show that you've earned that money. Um, and I know it's tempting to say, well, nobody's gonna report it, so why should I? You want to report your legitimacy of what you earn so that you can show what you spent. And you're only taxed on the net effect. So it takes all the money that came in, all the money that you spent in tax deductible um, categories, and then you get your net income. 
Now, a lot of people think, oh, I got to spend all the money so I don't have any tax liability. That is not, you really do want to show that you have a profit because one, good for you. Like you actually are making money and bringing that home to your family. You want to, you know, it's, it legitimizes your, your business and all your efforts. So you're really only paying, you know, your, your liability to the government is 30% of what the net earnings are. So that brings me to a really good point is that you want to make sure you've been saving all the money for this tax liability all along. So when you get a paycheck, let's say it's a thousand dollars and you've spent, let's say $500 of that in true expenses to generate that income. So you have a $500 net income. You need to make sure that you save 30% of that $500 and save it and never touch it. Like just put it in the bank account. That's your tax savings account that you've opened and never touch that money. So that's available when tax season comes. You might not need it all, um, and it might even be a little bit light, like some tax accountants will say save more than that, but I think 30% is a good place to start. Now, when does it get into, because I know like for me, I pay quarterly. I pay January, April. No, <laughs> you you tell me yeah. what I pay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's always the month after the quarter ends. Right. So um, the you're going to do your first, this is your first year. Don't worry about quarterlies. You're going to report to the IRS how much you made in your um, freelancing business. Just at the same time, like you you would report your 10, when you turn in your 1040, like if you were with an employer last year, they gave you a W-2. This year, you're going to expect people to send you 1099s. If they don't, you still report your income. You'll see what your tax liability would be for the next year with the assumption that you are, you're gonna have the same type of income. So you make an estimate as to what your tax liability will be for the next year, so for 2021. And so the government will say to you, well, you've made so much that we need you to pay as you go. So we're gonna ask you, let's say your tax liability was 20,000. Like that's your whole, like that's just a, a lot, but let's say it's 20,000. And they're going to say, okay, we want 5,000 in April. And then we want 5,000 again. I'm looking at my calendar in July. And then we're going to want it again in October and then in January. So you've prepaid your liability. Now, when you go to file your 2021 taxes, and if your liability wasn't that much, you're going to get your money back. So um, I don't, love that we're giving the government a tax-free, like an interest-free loan, but it does save your butt um, if you were to not pay and then have this penalty for not following the rules. Yeah, I remember last year, this for this cup, this past year, um, so for 2020, we did increase what I was paying quarterly. Um, and she's like, just, you know, it's an estimate in this way. We kind of know that if, if it ends up being more, then you'll get it back. But this way you won't have to have that penalty. You won't have to pay in if the asked, if you end up making more. So that was, that was new for me. And then just to kind of, as we wrap this up and, and tie things up here, what are some, if you could give, I know you talked about like money mindset and things like that. I know that's something a lot of people struggle with, even if they don't necessarily think they do. If you could give 
someone who's getting started with their business or they're starting to see that income grow, but they're feeling kind of funny about the money piece and they need some work on their money mindset, what would be some advice you might give that could kind of help them work through it? Um, I would go get You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. This book right here, I think for every woman, it gives some empowerment and really fun stories about how she struggled with money and changed her mindset and really turned that closed mindset into a growth mindset. And that really is the key is like just this abundancy idea. So it really is all about you. Like you've got to be open for money to flow in and flow in and out. And just look back to any experience that you've had, positive or negative, and change it. If you've always thought negatively about money, try to think differently about it. And I know we have this tendency as humans, recency, like the experience, oh, I already experienced that, that same experience is going to happen. And then we overreact because we want to protect ourselves. We've got to break that cycle. Like just because something happened in the past doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future. Therefore, try a different method. Like try something new. I don't know. I think because of my age, I see like the long retrospect, how things work. And once I started to give my money a job, everything changed. Like I wasn't the victim from money. Like I empowered myself to tell money what to do. And so once I said, okay, this amount of money needs to go here and pay off all the debt. Okay. So now I have money to start dumping into buckets and that money grows so quickly. Like what we feel like is one year is forever. In one year, you can change the course of your money situation very quickly. Like within six months, you can pay off your debt. And with, within six months, you can have an emergency fund and all this extra money to go take your family on a vacation you've never had or experienced. And that reward motivates you and perpetuates the system. So you got to give yourself a task, do something hard, give your money a hard job, see the, the success in that, and then save for the reward, save for the, save for the savings, like save for the emergency. And then everything after that is just bread and butter. Like it's just a gift. And um, I think if you have that experience in your life, then you'll be able to motivate yourself out of sticky situations. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Stacy, for for coming on and sharing this and talking about this topic, because it's definitely not my area of specialty. So that's why I bring on the experts who know what they're doing and, and can help us through that. And um, if my listeners want to come learn more about you, the small business BFF and everything that you have to offer, where can they come find you and learn more about what you do? Everybody can come find me on Instagram. That's the easiest place to find me is the small business BFF and BFF stands for best financial friend. And this is all based on my experience as a business owner for 20 plus years and finding ourselves in debt, both personally in business, IRS audits, having gigantic bills and family to feed and houses to keep up. And now we're debt-free. We're living a very good life. I just want to share how to make some small changes in your life and be prepared for things like that in your business so everyone else can be successful. But really, you got to build a team around you. And that would include having a accountant in your thing. They know the laws as they change over time. And as we see, and you know, with a change in presidency very quickly, 
things can change um, for your tax issues. And um, so put an accountant on your team, get coaching for your business like Aubrey, find somebody who can help you with your money struggles and mindset around that and put strategies and systems in place. That's what I'm here for. I teach a program called the BFF Blueprint and it helps you get your business started financially set with a great foundation and strategies and systems to put in place so that you're profitable from day one. I love it. Well, thank you again for coming on. We'll link all that stuff up in the show notes so everybody can come find you and hang out with you and learn more. So I appreciate you so much, Stacey. It has thank been you, very, very informative for me to learn more. I know that I can always learn more when it comes to this. So I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.